0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional terms apply.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952.
2: Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? <sighs> I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room?
3: Yes, we're in it.
2: And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a land. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan.
1: This is Hour 2 here. We've been spending all the time on the NBA, and maybe we got one more segment on the NBA because we've got some good text. Thank you for texting everybody. 55305 is the fan text line. You can also find us on the tweets. At 1080 the fan is the station. I'm at Mike Lynch 27. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. And Jesse, our producer, is at Jesse Osman, A S Z M A N. So before we move on to the NFL next segment, I do want to discuss the Western Conference standings, which are really. Really crazy. I don't think I've ever seen an NBA standing situation quite like we have this year in the West. We
0: had one a couple of years ago. It was like the last like five spots were like decided by like three games. I think the Blazers were one of those teams that were in there.
1: Yeah, I remember that. But that's five spots, not like nine spots. Yeah. Team. I'm not doing math correctly, but teams three through ten in the West are separated by four and a half games. The T Wolves. Are 37 and 26 in the three seed? The Jazz are 31 and 29 in the ten seed, four and a half games back of Minnesota. Uh, the Blazers smack dab in the middle. They're currently the five seed, uh, two or one and a half games back of the T Wolves, and three games up on the ten seed. So everybody's in a in kind of a vital spot in their schedule right now because every single game matters because everyone is really really close next to you. And my question, my very broad question about this is. Do you trust the Blazers currently in the Western Conference playoffs race from teams three to 10? And the reason I ask that is because Jimmy Butler just injured his meniscus. They're not saying it's a tear, but it's probably a tear. Uh, four to six weeks, you said, Rashad, I didn't see the date, mm-hmm. uh, the timeline, but four to six weeks he's out. Kawhi Leonard out for likely the rest of the year for the Spurs. Paul Millsap's been hurt for the Nuggets, although has he returned yet? I don't know. He might still be hurt. The Thunder are back to being inconsistent. The Pelicans don't have boogie cousins. The Clippers traded away Blake Griffin and the jazz are winning a lot, but they're the worst of all these teams at the bottom in the 10 seat at the moment. Do you trust the blazers who are completely healthy right now out of all of these teams the most, or do you still trust the Spurs? Even though Kawhi Leonard's hurt. Do you still trust the T wolves? Do you still trust the thunder who, who don't have anybody injured, but are just not playing super well at the moment? But where do you sit? Um, What's your trust level? I, uh,
0: I I I think the Blazers are definitely the one team, not named the Warriors and the Spurs in the Western Conference, or Warriors, excuse me, and the Rockets in the Western Conference, that are can be most comfortable right now because, like you just mentioned, every team with the exception of Golden State, um, OKC, and Houston has an injury. You know, Boogie and and New Orleans. So are they going to be able to ride uh, Anthony Davis, who who's known for getting nicked up too? Throughout the season, are they going to be able to ride him for the rest of the year? So I'm going to go ahead and X out OKC. Um, Denver is a sneaky good team. Like nobody thinks that you're go- they're going to lose to Denver, and then all of a sudden, bam! You know, they go on like a small uh, winning streak. They don't want to play them at the Pepsi Center. What well, you do not want to play them in Denver. They know what they're doing. But you do want to play them in your own home court because they suck on the road. Absolutely, because they're just they're they're about middle of the road. But um, I'm not sure what the rest of Denver's schedule looks like, and depending on how many home games they have. Uh, that they could really be um, a problem for a lot of people, and Denver has gone out there and knocked off uh, some some pretty okay teams this year. They, you know, so it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see them um, really make a, a jump over this next little bit, especially
1: doing but this do without. You, no but stuff. do you really, truly, when the playoffs start, think the Nuggets could win a series? No.
0: No, especially because they. Of course not, but do I believe the Blazers could win a series? Uh, What if they're playing the Nuggets? Yeah, if they're playing the Nuggets, then sure, you know. But
1: what if they're playing the Pelicans?
0: You know, and that and that's what if the Blazers can really take advantage of uh, this really hobbled West right now. Yes, man, I see them moving all the way up to that three seed because um, I think they're really forgetting how good Jimmy Bucket's has been for. Um, He's been amazing. He's been their guy. He's been their defensive anchor on the perimeter. And then Carl Anthony Towns has shut things down inside. But last night I saw a really aggressive um, Andrew Wiggins. And so if Wiggins can at least kind of sustain some of that for the next four to six weeks, I think Minnesota would be okay. But uh, I I trust the Blazers to make their run. And then, like you kind of mentioned, Dame and CJ having their conversation about We need to do this now. We need to go ahead and step in. This is really when the season starts. These last 25 games or so, this is what's going to determine where you end up in in this playoff race. And nobody wants to end up playing Houston or
1: Golden State in the first round. Right. That's just what you want. If you're the 7 or the 8 seed, good luck. And the Blazers need to fall from 3 to 6. And frankly, they... The T-Wolves won't be a good matchup because Butler will be healthy and the Spurs probably won't be a good matchup. So there's really not a lot of good matchups in the West for the Blazers. But I'm when I say trust, I don't mean in the playoffs because once you get there, it's a total crash. No, shoot. it's a whole new season. I'm talking about because of the fact that they're literally a couple of games out from being out of the playoff ch- race, do you trust out of all the teams in it right now that they'll they'll be steady enough to stick? That's kind of what I'm asking. Yeah, I and think
0: I think of all the teams that are competing for a playoff spot right now, as constructed, like I said, not other than the top two teams in the West, man, the Blazers are the ones that sit prettiest. They don't have an injury. They have consistent or they have consistency amongst their roster because people haven't been hurt or anything like that. So and I think right now you've got a star on your team who still feels kind of slighted a little bit and is really playing like it. And then I think you've got a another quasi-star on the team who Feels like he's underrated and really wants to show people what he's got. So I think the Blazers of all those teams, they're sitting prettiest.
1: These are just this is not all the games because they they play teams like the Knicks and the Kings coming up. But for the rest of the year, the Blazers play Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Golden State, Miami, Cleveland, Clippers, Rockets, Celtics, Thunder, uh, Pelicans, Clippers, Houston, San Antonio, Denver, and Utah. Those are all games in the last 22 or however many they have. Mm -hmm. And I'm not kidding. I skipped maybe four that, that I was just ignoring for being easy teams. They've got a brutal schedule. Their last grouping of games in a row, in a row, starting Friday, March 9th, Golden State, Miami, Cleveland, Detroit, the Clippers, Rockets, Celtics, Thunder, Pelicans, Grizzlies, who are bad, Clippers. Grizzlies, Mavericks, Rockets, Spurs, Nuggets, Jazz to end the year. In a row. That's their last stretch. That is brutal. It is, but also
0: I think it's manageable. It is manageable. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Golden State I mean, I don't want to be the naysayer, but let's just go ahead. After the big thirty-something point yeah, loss they had,
1: gonna
0: Golden State's probably going to blow the Blazers out in yeah. that game. So that's March 9th. actually the same day the notorious Big died. Rest in peace, Big. <laughs> but uh, Miami beat them. Cleveland?
1: Who knows? Miami is a playoff team right
0: now. Miami though. is a playoff team, but I don't think Miami is as good as the Blazers. Uh, Cleveland, maybe. You know, you don't know what you're going to get the Cavaliers. So they're maybe. playing
1: better with the trades, but they're, they're playing also better with the trades and also lost to the. Wizards like a couple days
0: ago. Yeah, and with the Wizards, are no, they're also a playoff team. So without be John Wall though, um, Detroit, you can beat them. The Clippers, you should beat them. Houston, they have Chris Paul. The so Chris Paul versus Damian Lillard, um, the record is seventeen three advantage Chris Paul. Uh, so you can just go ahead and probably chalk that one up as as an L mm-hmm. as as well. Boston, you can beat them. OKC. Whoa, you can, you can
1: beat, beat Boston? I think, they, I think they can beat Boston. I guess they almost did in, in Boston. I think they can beat Boston. Yeah, they, like Came I said,
0: they got close to doing it in Boston. Why couldn't they beat them at home? True, mm. true, 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 true. Okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, they could, yes. I don't think they're going to.
0: I think, I think they could beat Boston. I don't think Boston's as good as everybody else. Best in the East. Oh. <laughs> oh, They are. So I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying, oh, are they going to go to the finals? Maybe.
3: No.
0: Nobody, nobody can confidently say Boston's going to the finals. I,
3: I, Boston I was think first in the East last year. Th- this has been one of those things. You know me. I love being the contrarian, but I do think this is the year that that um, Boston gets past Cleveland. I know Kyrie would love yeah. that. Well, Kyrie's playing at a different level and a different brand of basketball. He's a different and dude this year. Once he, again going to the he went to a team that has a better coach that understands how to utilize his talents. Awesome. He's developing uh him into a better point guard. It's just I you know, everybody's thinking, "Oh, well they're they're missing um uh Gordon Hayward." Mm-hmm. But I I mean, at this point, I think Gordon Hayward's a luxury that you got coming back next year. And I don't think the team in the Western Conference that anybody
0: wants to play. And I know it's easy to bang on them today. Uh, nobody wants to see the Thunder. Like, I mean, let's just be real. Like, uh, they have a really good team. Right now they're just having a tough time making it all gel. And with the with the short preseason and a short training camp, you never really got an opportunity to do that. Westbrook still wants to be the alpha, but Paul George is clearly the best player on that team. You know, so they're still trying to find some. It's like, no, you shoot. No, you shoot. No, okay, no, you got it this time. And so Melo's like, no, I'll shoot. Give me the ball. Open, I'll shoot. You know, so I think that's one of those teams that people are banging on today. But please, if you have a first round that says
1: uh, Golden State and OKC, that's must see TV. Must see T V. But yeah, so they could beat a lot of those teams at the end of the schedule. They could. It's just it's gonna be really, really rough. It's, gonna, it's gonna, gonna be, a rough be goal. everyone's best game every single night for the most part. And it's gonna be one of those that it's gonna be a tough run for them. Yes. All right. We're gonna leave the NBA alone for now. Unless Jesse has any and it's hated or love it. But coming up next, some NFL news and notes. Two things happened that I think are stupid. And uh, we'll tell you what those are next here on The Fan.
2: Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: Ten seventeen 17 on your Sunday morning. Good little NFL news and notes in here for you. Thanks for texting on the fan text line, 55305. Got good interaction today. Uh, two things happened in the league that I find to be pretty stupid. We'll start. Let's hear it. We'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars re-signing quarterback Blake Bortles to a three-year, $54 million extension the reason i find this to be very stupid is because you are in an off season a very rare off season where there are many good free agent quarterbacks out there available to you you're also in a quarterback draft granted now the jags are good or they were this year so they have a lower pick where there are plenty of quarterbacks that you could also try to get and develop which i guess they could still do but you're going to tell me that you're going to give Blake Bortles $54 million over three years, plus whatever he was owed this year, when you could go get Tyrod Taylor, you can get Kirk Cousins, you could get uh, Case Keenum, you could get Nick Foles, you could get Teddy Bridgewater, all guys who could be better than Blake Bortles. Mm. Now, don't give me the uh, noise. <laughs> Look, Blake, look, 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 look. Blake Bortles was a very good, very good for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, mostly because the Jaguars defense was insanely good. But Blake Bortles was not the reason they won any games this year. Blake Bortles was merely a, he was along for the ride of the defense, and he did just enough on offense in a really simple offensive system to lead them to some wins. Now, he did play very well in the AFC Championship game. I will give him that. Right, Maybe he earned himself a contract extension by almost beating the Patriots. But the Jaguars could do so much better. And this is the perfect offseason to do so much better. They don't have the money. And yet you gave him, you have $54 million to give. Yeah, but like they that's got, but cheap.
0: The, Considering that they were just franchise tagged Kirk Cousins for $34 million a year. What do you think Kirk Cousins was going to ask for if he came to Jacksonville? Yeah. He was going to ask for, man, uh, and especially considering that uh, who just signed that big deal a couple uh, weeks ago? Garoppolo? Guapolo yep. just signed that uh deal a couple weeks ago, being the being the highest paid quarterback in the league after five games. Yeah, what you think Kirk Cousins is gonna ask for? More than 56 million. And 56 million doesn't handicap you as far as being able to keep building your defense and making sure you can keep guys like Jalen Ramsey around for the next couple years. Like that's what that does. Like they have a young defense that it looks like if most most quarterbacks did the Brady and said, Man, I'll just take, I don't know, I don't want the hundred something million. Give me 70 and keep building around me. I don't see a problem with that. And on top of that, I don't I'm not with everybody else in saying Blake Bortles is terrible. Blake Bortles didn't have a great year, but he's not terrible. He's just not good. But we're fawning over Case Keenum I, and what he was able to do and Case Keenum had basically the exact same season, exact same stat line. I, so, because he went to almost the Super Bowl, so did so did Bortles. I mean, so I don't understand why the why I get it. He, he's not in a in a in a league where you can't touch the quarterback and you can't touch the receiver. He's not Brady, he's not Rodgers, he's not any of those dudes. But what he is, is there's nothing wrong with being a game manager, somebody that goes in there and makes sure you give the ball to your
3: workhorse running back and, and make sure you don't make mistakes. I'm okay with that. I think there's there's two things. One is that a $18 million quarterback now is what a $12 million quarterback was four years ago. So that that's a, a low-end starting quarterback now because of the way the quarterback – price tag hasn't been inflated so you're basically paying I mean you're paying him what you paid Brock Osweiler a couple of years ago if you were Houston like I I mean that's kind of the going rate for a quarterback now who you think is a starter now the nice thing about Bortles is he's shown you that he can put up big numbers the the thing that I think about him is you had a guy who in his first three years was asked to do way too much um which kind of got him in that that same mode as like a, a David Carr where he got hit so, my, so many times. He had to throw so many interceptions. They asked him to put the team on his back in every single fourth quarter of every single game that it not only hurt him, it regressed him as a quarterback. We talked about this earlier in the year. Tom Coughlin comes in and says, no, we're going to play defense. We're going to run the ball. All of a sudden, he looks like a starting quarterback again. It, you don't all of a sudden throw him to the Wolves when he was a, a top four pick. I would think he was three overall. He was, yeah. Um, Central Florida. You you keep with that guy because he has shown you potential, and all of a sudden he showed you this year he can't be a, a good quarterback. Here, I'm not going to he's going to be great, but he can be good. He could be Joe Flacco. Here's, here's the
1: thing, though, right, is I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. Watching him play, yes, they made the AFC title game this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, they won a lot of games this year. I think they won despite Blake Bortles. I think they won despite an offensive system that is so boring and so simple that it's the easiest thing to plan for ever. Nathaniel Hackett, their offensive coordinator, he sucks. I know because he was Syracuse's offensive coordinator with Doug Marone. He is is the most vanilla, boring offensive coordinator. Now, I know you need to be simple for Blake Bortles, but how do you make a good offense with one of the most elite defenses we've seen in a little while? Is you have to have you want to have both. You want to have a little bit of an exotic offense to score some points as well. I, 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 I think that the Jags should have done everything they could, whether that's shedding some salary from some excess players here and there, to go out and get one of the top free agent quarterbacks this year, because I think it would have helped them get over the top and be at the top of the AFC for many years to nope. come.
0: See, and I think it's unfair to ask players to develop under crappy management or anything like that. Like you we were so angry at Alex Smith for years because he couldn't get it done but he went after he went through like five offensive coordinators in his like six years there once he finally got some stability what happened you think the, the 49ers just start drafting better no like they had a better coach that can tell alex smith this is how you're going to do things and since then andy Reid, we can knock on him all we want to at least offensively he kind of knows what he's doing a little bit alex smith for the past six seven years in in kansas city man, has been a really good quarterback. Maybe he has, again, not Brady, not Rodgers, not Drew Brees, but Alex Smith has been a consistent quarterback over the past ha- however long. I think it's unfair to say, and you just mentioned, his offensive coordinator sucks. Man, that's not Blake Bortles' fault. And if that's the case, they won in spite of his offensive coordinator because of what he was able to do. And Blake Bortles. So, and Blake. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, <laughs> it, it wasn't. Bortles sort of did a lot. You know what I'm saying? Bortles yeah. did a lot for that team uh, to, to be able to get to where they were. So I mean like I said I'm I I get that he, people think he doesn't deserve certain things but it's not like if he have signed a 154 million dollar deal yeah that was stupid I, but for 3 years 18
3: million a year that's you're getting off cheap I feel like the th- see here th- What I feel like you're looking at this is like through new school glasses, Mike. Like this guy sucked in college. Well, he probably isn't very good at calling that modern style of game. Well, you had Tom Coughlin come in and go, "We're not going to do this, sling the ball all over the place. We're not. We're going to play strong defense. We're going to play Smash Mouth offense, which is old school. They went old school, which we don't really see much in the NFL anymore. But at the same time, every time you see a a team kind of revert back to that old school play. It works. Why? Because you're playing strong defense. You're running the ball and you're controlling the clock, which is not a, as big of a concern in the modern game. Thanks Chip Kelly to that one. Um, But in the, in the reality of it is though, it allows you to build an actual team because in the modern day, you're like, we need a quarterback. We need a, we need a Tom Brady. We need an Aaron Rodgers. So you go out and you spend 25, 28, $30 million now on a quarterback. Who's not a, top five guy. So he's not that guy. And then all of a sudden you have all these holes all over the place where if you go, okay, we're going to go and we're going to pay for a starting quarterback, but we're going to come out. We're going to have a top five defense. We're going to have a top five running game. You can still win the, the super bowl right there.
1: Uh, It's true. Look, I, I'm not, you guys make good points. It's just, I, I really don't value Blake Bortles at all. I really don't think he's that good. <laughs> I don't think he's worth a $54 million contract. And I think when you have an off season with this many options, uh, to finally replace the guy that you missed on, that you went number three overall, and he did not turn into an elite quarterback, you take that chance. And they didn't. They stuck with Blake Bortles. And look, that that's fine. They can do that, and they'll still probably be good because their defense is really good. But I think they could could have made that next step up, getting another of the guys who is potentially available this year. Um, we have to break, but quickly. The other thing that happened that I I wasn't a big fan of was uh, Marcus Peters got traded from the Chiefs to the Rams for a. Package of draft picks. We don't know what the draft picks are, but I'm imagining they're going to be a lot and good because Marcus Peters is really good. Um, I just wouldn't have done this trade if I was the Rams because as good as Marcus Peters, this is a cover corner. He is proven to be a non-tackler. We've seen him literally avoid plays to not make a tackle, um, which really upsets me when I saw it. I was like, really? You're just-. He actually dove out of the way of making a tackle. He like spun away. For making a tackle. And from everything I've heard is he's not great in the locker room. He's uh, He doesn't try very hard. He gets by on his own talent, which is obviously working for him. Um, but he just doesn't try. And one thing that Stuke said this week when I talked about this, I thought it was interesting, is that the Chiefs are trying to get younger. And they didn't want one of their best players and their leader to be a guy who didn't try and didn't put in the work to then set an example for the young guys that they could do the same thing. Um, I think it's a good move in terms of skill. Like, And I know the uh, the Rams are losing... Tremaine Johnson, I believe, with their mm-hmm. top corner. So it's a good replacement for that. He he's leads the NFL in interceptions the last three years, Marcus Peters does. I just worry about his attitude. And if I were the Rams, I wouldn't have made this trade. Don't worry about any corner's attitude. You know, playing corner is like a He's notoriously, position. he's yeah. got reports that are he's notoriously bad in the locker room. You yeah. went the
3: op- opposite way I thought you were going to go with that trade, by the way. I thought you were going to think it was bad for Kansas City and I was nope. going to be like,
1: no! <laughs> nope, it was no. good for Kansas City. I mean,
0: I, I think it might have been good for both teams. Uh, again, what, the, you look at a defense in, um, in L.A. that got really, really good this past year and now you just add... Arguably the best corner in the league, you know, to your team, you know, that's that, that's only that's only going to pay dividends for you. I think Tremaine Johnson was really good, and uh, he's been great for for the Rams. But I mean, attitude aside, uh, is he better than Marcus Peters? I don't, I don't think so.
3: I think Wade Phillips can. I mean, if there's one guy, maybe who we're talking about coaches that can get through to these numbskulls, and as a pro athlete, I think be the Wade, guy who worked with To, y- yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean he worked like this guy worked with Aqib Talib in Denver, and actually Aqib Talib loved him, and he loved Aqib. So it's like if there's one guy who maybe can get through to a guy like Peters, maybe it's Wade Phillips.
1: All right, we got a break. I'm I'm going over again. I want to stay on the clock today. I'm trying to stay on the clock today. Coming up next, hater to love it. Uh, Jesse will ask us questions. He has Mario sound effects that we will play when he awards us points, and the winner gets to host the last segment. That is next. But first, Jesse, has sports center.
2: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: All right, that music means it's time for It or Love It. We do it every single Sunday at this time. Jesse will ask us questions, and uh, he will reward us with points, and at the end, the points leader, using that sound effect, yes, the points leader will... Uh, get to host the last segment, which is usually like four minutes long. But it's an an award nonetheless. Rashad won last week, so I'll get to go first this week. So, Jesse, go ahead and get us started.
3: All right. uh, Let's where shall we begin. NCAA. NCAA um, had an interesting week. It's had an interesting few weeks, basically, since these uh, FBI probes started coming out, releasing information about kind of the backroom dealings of players and coaches and all this things, and it started to affect uh, as Arizona didn't have Sean Miller last night on the sidelines in their loss to Oregon. Um, with that said, love or hate, the NCAA bracket for March Madness is going to be a bit different this year. Oh, This is a love or hate, we hate part of it. As in, it will be affected by the recent release of the information from the FBI probes, and we will maybe possibly see teams in there that maybe we wouldn't have expected to be there and or we're going to see teams seated in a a respect we probably wouldn't have thought that they would be seated.
1: I'm going to hate it because the NCAA is going to do everything they can to keep the baby of March Madness, at least for this year, before the FBI probe actually comes and hits. They want that cash cow to make as much money as they can. They want the Blue Bloods in there. They want the top schools there. They want Duke as a one seed. They want North Carolina. They want Kentucky. They want them all at the top. Um, And if you've already noticed... Michigan State, by the way, the best school who has a current player who was named in the Yahoo Sports Report, Miles Bridges. Uh, After their internal review, they cleared Miles Bridges of any issues, and he's playing, Uh, despite the fact that Texas and San Diego State decided to at least uh, temporarily suspend the two players who got tied in their names and Arizona decided to leave Sean Miller out of the game yesterday. Michigan saying, no, 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 we're fine. Miles Bridges is fine. We we got a big tournament to make. So I hate that this year it's going to have an effect, although in retrospect it might if people have to vacate wins and vacate stuff that happens in the NCAA tournament. Um, I also think this is just the first first small step of what could be a very major scandal for college basketball. The original Yahoo Sports report says that programs and coaches could go down from this. So far, all the stuff that was released doesn't feel that bad to me. It was players getting paid from an NBA agent. It wasn't from the school. It wasn't from the coaches. It was from an NBA agent. So if schools and coaches are going down, that means more is coming. So
3: I'm, I'm interested to see what that's going to be. What was the question? Uh, Basically that we are that March Madness is going to look different than we anticipated because of this.
0: Oh, no. I've, I hate it. I think March Madness is probably going to have more blue bloods like Lynch meant, uh, mentioned than ever before. Uh, this could be something really big that starts to roll down and a lot of people could be getting in trouble. There could be some quote-unquote death penalty stuff involved, especially for some like repeat uh, programs, some things like that. Like, don't let Louisville's name be found in any of these things. Don't let USC or some of those other schools that have been kind of have a history of some of these things, Kentucky, don't let there be any wrongdoing on those parts because those are the schools that are going to start coming down fast. So, I, I, again, this is a cash cow. This is a basically a, a damn near a billion-dollar industry for March Madness. There's no way they're not going to allow these bigger teams to play. You know, Arizona is definitely going to be a big factor. It's going to be a story that people are going to continue to talk about, which is going to draw more eyes to March Madness, which is going to make more ratings and also equal more money. So I think they're going to be just fine moving into the
3: tournament. All right. All right. I, I, I very much like where both of you guys went with that. Um, I, I'm curious to see if it is going to affect it if maybe a team or two that aren't going to get in or that or there's going to be some that are going to be seated where you're like, oh, that seems like a weird seating just because maybe they don't want them to go far in the in the in the tournament or something. But um, I very much. I, I like your last point of bringing ratings with it's what it's uh, going to do. You know, even yeah. yeah. to tell me if they're
0: if Arizona is playing against somebody that's that's five, six, t- seven times, you can talk about the scandals and everything that's happening and more people want to know if they're when they're going to fall off. People are going to watch that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, any publicity is good publicity, that's right? It's great publicity. All right. Publicity. Um, all right. This is something that I've kind of heard a little bit about recently. Um, anyway, I think he was talking about it on Colin Cowherd earlier this week. I don't remember who it was, but Uh, basically, the NBA, Adam Silver hates the NCAA, and he he, um, especially now that you have all these FBI probes coming out and everything, and you're starting to see him starting to think a little bit more forward with a little bit more forward thinking than we did um, with our last NBA commissioner. So um, with that said, he's kind of toying around with the idea of developing the developmental league, if that makes sense. He's already uh, got us sponsors, the G League, for the Gatorade League, and um, love or hate? Basically, the NBA should make their own developmental league that is similar to that of hockey. So basically, hockey has WHL, CHL, all those different little minor league systems that they draft out of. And these, like the Winter Hawks, will go. They'll, they'll sign some teenager out of, let's say, Phoenix, Arizona, who's 14 or 15 years old. And he's going to come. He's going to play for Portland for a couple of years and then maybe get drafted. Love or hate? The NBA should make um, that, that change.
1: This is going to be really selfish, but I hate it because I like college basketball. I really like college basketball. I want college basketball to survive. I want college basketball to be fixed and to allow players to both get better there and then be better in the NBA. My, th- It's the easiest fix in the world that will help both college basketball and the NBA is make it a three and done rule, right? Or make it... If you're that good out of high school that you can make the NBA, you can do that too. Because I know like a LeBron – there's no way LeBron should have gone to college for three years, right? He was ready for the NBA immediately. Kevin Garnett, same thing. Um, So make it a three-and-done rule or right out of high school. But you got to make sure you you are good enough to come out of high school because college basketball is suffering from all of the top teams being filled with freshmen who are not good enough because they're one-and-done players and they know they're going to the NBA or they're not trying hard enough – Holy crap, look at what Ben Simmons did at LSU. He just coasted through that year. Markel Fultz did the same thing last year at Washington. They won nine games with the number one pick in the NBA draft. It's It's ruining college basketball. So if you keep guys there for at least three years, like in college football, you'll have teams that have really solid rosters of guys who are improving and getting better, and when they go to the NBA, they'll be ready. They won't be these crappy one and duns who flame out in two seconds because they weren't ready to leave for the NBA yet. That's what's going to fix it to me, not making a, a, or focusing more into the G League because I want both levels to succeed. Um, I,
0: I don't know. I'm really indifferent about it. I guess I... I, I, I guess I hate it um it's <laughs> classic well I mean because I, I'm unlike Lynch like I feel like man you should be able to go get your money super soon like if you're a uh, a computer programmer or something like that and you're 17 years old, Microsoft has no problem taking you right out of high school saying come over here and make our next technology. Why will we tell our you know, our young people that, man, don't go and make yourself some money doing what you're really good at and much better than these other people? Uh, I, th- I like the idea of the NBA having their own league because I think there needs to be another avenue to be able to get there. Uh, I don't think it would help hurt college too much because now we found out that high school guys can just go straight to Europe or straight to wherever and play for a year and still make money and then still be drafted in the NBA the next year. We've seen it from a couple different players over time, so there's definitely different options and opportunities uh, to get there i I think college just needs to figure out a way to keep their guys there i think three years is a long time two years will be just fine i think two years gives you enough time to build a program and then continue to continue to recruit over time to make sure you can sustain a strong program when you have a guy like ben simmons that goes to lsu for one year you know that nobody else is coming after that michael porter uh, jr is going to be at missouri for one year nobody else is going to go there after that so i think two years is fine But now it's like if you're staying college longer than a
3: year, you're deemed as not good enough to go to the league. I think it's – I'm very much for the G League idea just because you can – Get away from the idea of having um, these grubby AAU coaches and these bad high school coaches and bad college coaches getting their hands on these players. And you can teach these kids how to be professionals from being a teenager on. And that's
0: what college needs to start doing for these one-and-done dudes, man. Like, it's not hard. Put some stuff into place, how to deal with the media, how to manage your money, and that would be just fine. Give them classes that are going to be, you know, competent or, I guess, you know, useful to what they're doing.
3: All right. Lynch, you got a two point lead heading into the final round. Wow. I'm gonna it, be Lynch. honest, I think this is a uh, you wanna just end it now? No. Yeah, might as well <laughs> this, I mean throw in the towel for me, I guess. I, I think uh, you can you can do this, uh Rashad. It's probably your more your strength. Is it wrestling? This one? No. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's God. just uh I, I think <laughs> Is it is it spring training baseball? I'm yeah. The, I'm the Football is my number one sport guy. Baseball's Lynch's number one sport guy. NBA's your number one sport guy. This is an NBA question. So with that said, love or hey, Houston Rockets are the only team that can knock off the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. Love, yes. They are the
1: only team that can do it in the, in the NBA playoffs. Uh, the Cavs, I, who are the Cavaliers right now? They're a random amalgamation of former Laker players and Rodney Hood with LeBron James and an injured Kevin Love. What is going on? uh they're they're playing better but they lost to the wizards and i don't understand so i don't trust them i do like the celtics but there's no way they're beating the warriors in the playoffs the raptors always flame out in the playoffs and everybody else in the west is not going to beat the warriors the rockets are the only team that can beat the warriors in the entire nba in a playoff situation um james harden and chris paul together is a very very good combination to help beat a Golden State team that relies very much on the three-in movement because those guys can also pass the ball and move the ball and kind of counter that style really, really well. They're the only team that plays as fast as Golden State does. Uh, They actually defend decently well. The Warriors are probably a little bit better defensively than the Rockets are, but if it's a game to 130, I think the Rockets could certainly win. Um, I don't know if they will, and I know you didn't say they will. They said the only team that could. Uh So, yes, the Rockets are the only team that could beat them. Rockets definitely
0: have the best chance to beat them um, again, and I say this: I, I still am not willing to count OKC out of out of the, the mix yet. Um, Number one, OKC has OKC have things that I mean, a lot of other teams don't have. Number one, they have uh, a guy who continues to get a triple double and he has players on his team that can score like Russell Westbrook every night is is proving that nobody can guard him. There's nothing you can do about Russell Westbrook. We already know that only person that can guard uh, Paul George is Paul George. Like as far as firepower. That might be the only team in the Western Conference that's able to do anything against Golden State, just because, man, Carmelo. If when he if he's hitting, he's hitting. He's not gonna miss. But if he's off, he's a little bit off. I'm There's looking at the, no way
1: the Thunder could beat the Warriors though.
0: <laughs> the Thunder beat the Warriors twice this season, and they've blown them out in two of those in a games. Playoff series game. in a playoff series, man, where you get a chance to just focus on number one, who can guard Russell Westbrook? Nobody on that team. Steph Curry. We've seen him shoot himself out of games in the playoffs. You know, so I mean, it's not that. Yeah, Steph is, he's, he's, Steph is great, but when Steph is off, he doesn't give you much else outside of a three-point shot. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at that, and mind you, Kevin Durant goes without saying all those things, but I'm looking at the Houston Rockets. I'm looking at OKC as the only two teams that would ever be able to challenge. That was what you said, not beat. You said challenge. They could right? beat. That's the could only be, team that could beat. Saying. I think those are the only teams that can do it.
3: All right. Um, I don't normally do this, but that was a lot of points. Um, normally, this doesn't get done in a game. Normally, somebody doesn't talk over somebody else while they're speaking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I partially did that too because uh, one, it, yes, you, you gotta let him have his floor, man. You, you gotta let about his floor. He lets you have it, your floor. It's yeah. All good. So um, I just wanted. To, I just am surprised he was saying that. No, yeah. I mean, I, no,
0: I. I, really I don't think OKC has a chance. Though. No
1: way. No really. freaking way. Listen, I'm
0: not saying OKC will beat them. What I'm saying is nobody on the team can guard Paul George. Nobody on the team can guard Russell Westbrook. Mind you, nobody can guard uh, um, uh, Kevin Durant. But that's about the only person on that team that you just can't guard. You got to pick stuff up full court. Westbrook has no problem playing defense. I have, There's no way Oklahoma City has a chance. I, I'm just saying. I, I think, I mean, we can talk
3: about that. On, next, honestly, I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen and why I was excited to anchor with that question because I just had a feeling you guys were going to disagree on that one. It's not very often I get a good feeling you guys are going to disagree because I, <laughs> I, I feel like you guys agree more often than not. But Rashad, congratulations. You is it a, because you took the point away? It from is because I took the point away, yeah.
1: <laughs> hey. See,
0: it, a, I only feel good about that win now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got a fake technical at the
1: end of the game. Wait, it's also because he didn't want to go another question. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't go we're time. Do yeah, we have time? We're,
3: we're, we're at, you know we're trying to stay on clock, right?
1: Well, except for this segment, we have time. Well, okay. All right. Well, coming up next for Shad House, although I have an idea if you want to talk about it. Yes, but... let's do that because I don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's that's next. Usain Bolt gonna play football, soccer. He uh, signed for a soccer team. He said, and he's gonna announce it later. I wonder who that's gonna be. That's next. I'm a fan.
2: Glorious. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Uh, last segment
0: right here, Sports Sunday. Uh, here's Mike Lynch.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything today. You said you got something. Yeah, I just saw this on Twitter, and it, it kind of piqued my interest. Uh, Usain Bolt. He of being really fast, famed, Really uh, good. He, uh, he tweeted, I've signed for a football team, and I'm assuming he means a soccer team, considering that's what it's called everywhere else in the world. Find out which one on Tuesday. Um, I'm very curious about this because he he has said he wanted to play soccer and give it a go, and I don't know if this is going to be like a PR move and he signs for like a really big club that he has no business being on, or if he's actually going to play on, like, a smaller level club that maybe he has a chance to actually play. Um, for those who don't know, like, England, for example, it's the easiest easiest example. It's like a pyramid. It's a tier system. Mm-hmm. And the Premier League, which is where, like, Man United and Man City and Liverpool are all. The top That's the top of the it. pyramid. But they've got 21 levels of soccer in England that are all, you know, better than the rest as you go up the ladder. Um so, I'm curious if, like, if he's signing for a Tier 3 team mm-hmm. and then he plays, or yeah. is he going to sign for a Premier League I mean, team and just be PR man I, over I'm here? curious.
0: I mean, mind you, Sandbolt's from Jamaica, so I assume that he has some type of experience playing soccer, you know, uh, through the years.
1: Jamaica, not the best soccer nation, but... Uh has produced some very good soccer players in the past. Yes,
0: yes. So, Currently,
1: Raheem Sterling on Man City is uh, from Jamaica. So, not to say that he's, he's probably had some experience, but I, my question is,
0: and how much? You know, because soccer, as much as I kind of bang on it, you know, for me, like, I would never be able to play soccer. There's a certain amount of. Stamina that you have to have, and he's a you know he's a runner, so I'm sure he has that. But he's a sprinter. Though. Sprinter, there you go. Like, does he have <laughs> the lateral movement to be able to do what they do in soccer? You know, does he have the explosiveness? Now, we just got a text there. Uh, sounds like he was a legit high school player with skills. Like, I, I I could see it. Like, it would look like he would have some quick footwork and everything. But I'm not sure. Like, soccer is not the sport that I would jump into and play because soccer is really freaking hard, especially if you're not in shape. Like, I am not in shape. So uh, I think Usain Bolt would be – it'd be fun. I would definitely watch. Now, that would be some soccer I would definitely tune in to watch well, for that's sure. Why
1: I, but that's why I'm asking because if it's a PR move and it's on a big team, he's not going to play anywhere. No. Because they're, they're all games – there's no friendlies now. They're all important games. So that wouldn't be intriguing to me if he signed for Manchester United just to be a face in the team. Like, he's not going to play for them. No. But if he signs for, like, Plymouth Argyle in League One – then let's go. Let's, let's let's see Usain Bolt play some soccer. So where is the MLS
3: in the in the whole hierarchy of and Where's the MLS?
1: And Not great.
3: So Plymouth Argyle or whatever, like are they better? Like, I played the, for the play, play with them in FIFA once, that's why I know them. So <laughs> would, would, would the Timbers be a better squad than Yeah, them I think the Timbers like?
1: would be better than them. Um their League One, which is the third tier in England, uh-huh. I'd say the MLS is probably more comparable to the second tier in England. But that's also behind like a lot of the top leagues in other countries, um, so I, I don't know. It, it's get, look, it's getting better. There are some Premier League players have come to retire in the MLS. Like Bastian Schweinsteiger came and played for mm-hmm. Chicago this year from Manchester United. But um, I don't know. It's it's tough because there's a lot of bad players in the MLS too. And if you watch the MLS and then you watch a top tier European game, whether it's England, Germany, Italy, whatever. The, the difference is striking. Yeah. It's insane. No,
0: it just even when we're watching the Premier League here, uh, you can tell just they move so much quicker and so much more fluid than they would like in MLA. I've been to a few Timbers games, which are super, super fun. Like Timbers yeah. games. I love the those, Timbers games. Yeah. Timbers games go. But uh, man, you can definitely tell. There's a lot when of mistakes. TV, like these guys are. <laughs> Top of top of the world, you know, as far as that's concerned. So I don't know. I'd be I'd be interested to see I'm interested to see any supreme athlete jump into another sport and to see how they fare. Like I'm always I'm always interested to see
3: that. This screams of like Tim Tebow to the Mets, like farm system, like where it's just like, are you really gonna watch whatever you know team Tebow's on just to Russell Wilson or because it's like uh, I but Russell he can only sprint really time. fast. And well, I'll
0: say Russell Wilson because at least for Russell Wilson, he's a champion, much like you know uh, Usain Bolt is. So <laughs> I mean, Tebow Tim Tebow was just game. a. I guess he did win a playoff game, go Broncos, <laughs> right? So, uh, but I'm, I'm curious to see how he would do, you know, on the next level. It's like when Jordan went to go play baseball. Here's the greatest athlete we've ever seen in basketball who just completely fell on his face, you know, going to play baseball. So, like, here's the greatest sprinter that we've
3: seen (laughs) in 20 years. How does he fare with another sport? But does, I mean, but that's it. He's a sprinter. Like, how much does sprinting really translate to soccer? Well,
1: if he's like a super sub and he comes on in the last 20 minutes, then maybe he can just sprint and use all his energy and all that.
3: I mean, it just, because sprinting and long-distance running are two different things. And I feel like a long-distance runner would be a lot more equipped to stay with a long and Bolt said he's never ran the mile before, which I don't what?
0: believe. But yeah,
3: that's, that's what not he said. true. You can't you can't be in track that long and never run a mile. Know, maybe so he's man. only
1: ever been a sprinter. I don't know. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. Very much appreciate it. Uh, thanks for texting on the fan text line at five five three zero five. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll try to keep a little NFL in every show, and uh, we'll also. Keep focusing on the Blazers and whatever else is happening. I do want to talk about the college basketball stuff next week since we skipped it this week. I'm sure we'll get more information, at least a little bit, through this coming week. Uh, So enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys.